It is to get help. What? Get help? No. Come on, you love it. I hate it. It's great. It works every time. It's humiliating. Do you have a better plan? No. We're doing it. We are not doing get help. Get help! Please! My brother's dying! Get help! Help him! Oh, classic. I still hate it. It's humiliating. No, not for me, it's not. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and as always, I've got my gracious co-host, the one and the only, Chris, the, wait, what? The create, the uncontested, <laughs> Gossetus. Some guy named Chris. This dude I found <laughs> on the street. Some guy with half a taco in his hand. Uh, fought, fought in the war, uh. Mm. America. Is that the the Black Friday War of 20, 2014? <laughs> yeah, man. Got to get that Vizio. You, you don't even know. It was like a 32-inch. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't even come with a sound bar underneath. I had, times are bleak. Yeah. Is that when uh, Is that when everyone got fooled for two minutes about curved televisions? <laughs> like that was a thing? God damn it, America. Do better. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, your eyeball is curved in one way, so the TV has to match the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call optics. It's <laughs> not really what that word Man. is for, but damn if they didn't try. Um, it's like, let, let's make it. Let's make this thing harder to put on a wall. Right? You know? Like, why would you want it to be flush against the uh, surface? I hope somebody tried to make it flush. I hope somebody broke their TV. <laughs> oh, that I guarantee you that happened. That 100% <laughs> somebody did try to do that. They're like, oh, it's all wobbly. It's all wobbly on the wall here. Ooh. And, and then... Ooh, baby, that's the one. You gotta, you gotta push it. You gotta push it. <laughs> Alright, this is already way off the rails. <laughs> like... What's up, man? How you 90 doing 90 seconds week? in. Uh, this week was pretty tough, honestly. Um, I spent most of it <clears throat> sick, uh, I guess allergies, that's fun, that's a thing here in Texas, nice. uh, so, you know, just, just waking up feeling like crud every day, and then, <laughs> because I'm old, because I'm an old man. You are so old? I am so old that I woke up with the worst hangover I've had in over 10 years, easily. Wow. I did, and, and I did drink a lot. I mean, I did drink a, more than I should have, but not enough to make me feel as bad as I did today. So that, Two that's beers. The, that's how, yeah. yeah. Those damn Zimas, man, they'll get you every time. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? How's it going? Doing all right. Over? Doing all right. Maintaining. Yeah. Best uh, we can in this 2017. Right. It's almost I mean, over. You've got, you've got that Thanksgiving break coming up, though, right? So, you know. Oh, yeah. Time to that, catch up. Get that tofurkey. Yeah, man. That's a thing, right? I'm going to slay some synthetic food product. There you go. That, that'll that be healthy. All the, you know, synthetic food, That's that's got to be good for you, right? Yep. It's the origin, origin story. Man, what if, you know what? That's an untapped market in the comic book world. Huh. Vegans, vegetarians. Well, I mean, the problem with that is Scott Pilgrim kind of beat it all to us. 
You yeah. were a vegan, now you will be gone. That's true. He did have a lot of cool superpowers, though, because being a vegan makes you better than everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, but he didn't know chicken was meat. Or, uh, chicken parmesan. Couldn't eat chicken parm. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, I feel like a lot of us have made that mistake at one point or another in our life. Uh, I mean, what's the parm for? The parm seems to denote that it's something other than chicken. Why not? I, I just, chicken? I just want to let it be known that it was off the rails. I tried to corral it back into a comic book space. I mean, nothing just, doing. That's just, fine. That's just, perfectly just fine. I can roll with it. We got, we got a lot of anyway, talk. We got a lot of talk about this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're this on Restorosi Radio. <laughs> Caller, go ahead. This week, uh, <laughs> this week we're going to be covering. Uh, some Star Wars news, some pretty big Star Wars news, actually. Uh, a huge writer moving camp from one of the two big publishers to their rival. That'll be fun. Uh, we take a look at the Black Panther posters. A really sweet uh, DLC addition to Injustice 2 that's mm. going to be dropping soon. Uh, I'll just say before we get there, if you loved cartoons in the 90s, early 90s, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be your jam. Get get ready to eat your shorts, man. Get ready to <laughs> right. Um, like hello, Wafa. Hello, Miss Bigid. Like who? <laughs> you, <laughs> you turn the page. You wash your hands. You wash your hands. You turn your page. You wash your hands. Um, we got Agents of Shield trailer dropping. We we got some cool casting corner news involving a big DC property. And a possible director being attached to another DC film. And then, of course, we're going to be covering... This is the Thor Ragnarok review episode. Uh, we did take a break, an extra week off, so that, you know, gave everyone a little bit of chance, a little bit of time to see the movie. We're going to give you our thoughts, reactions, uh, some trivia. Uh, we're going we're gonna to check out this weird Thor 40 thing that happened. And if you don't know what that is, please stick around because it's pretty cool. Let's get right into it, though. Star Wars, RJ, RJ, my name's RJ, uh, Ryan <laughs> Johnson, is getting his own trilogy, apparently. Uh, and this is Whoa. this is set apart from the Skywalker saga. Um, it's going to be a whole new thing. You know, it's kind of funny that this news dropped because I think it was on the very last pod. We were talking, maybe it was the one before that, we were talking about how the Star Wars universe can support a lot of stories. Yeah. That, that, that it's so vast and really you could go in any number of directions. And as long as you have the right creative talent behind it, you can keep pumping out a bunch of great um, sort of sub-properties. On that note, Chris, what are your mm -hmm. initial thoughts and reactions and feelings to this RJ getting his own trilogy um news how, how does that how does that strike you it it tells me that the last jedi must be phenomenal right <laughs> it, it, that I'm, I'm sure the suits have already seen it it's already gone to it's well beyond post-production it's now in distribution phase so it's done mm -hmm. um it it has to be real good for this kind of uh, money to be placed against uh or place on ryan johnson for the future yeah uh yeah even if they're not like um you know true saga con continuity i mean they're that's a lot of money to place uh, behind this guy. So yeah, yeah, no, I think for me, I kind of read it metatextually as like they have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, yeah, he, he's done good work already. Yeah, 
And not only that, his writing partner's developing partner, and I, I'm blanking on a name. I'm not even going to try. Uh, but he has a partner that he's done. He did like Brick and Looper with, and that person's coming along as well. Nice. Uh, as far as part of the contract. Yeah, I, I completely. It's you took the words right out of my mouth. I think this is a huge vote of confidence, and and that they really want to lock him in. You know, like they feel he's a blue chip talent, and and they don't want him going to DC or going to Warner Brothers. You know, and developing right. other things. They want to lock him in, and and really really give him room to breathe. Can't breathe so tight. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool news. I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson. I love Brick and Looper. I think they're both fantastic films. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really liking what I'm seeing about Star Wars. Oh, that being said, and I know we talked about this off air, but let me go ahead and make this announcement now. In yeah. the event there are any other Star Wars trailers between now, <coughs> pardon me, between now and when the film releases, uh-huh. we will not be covering them on this podcast. Yeah, man. Because uh, I, I haven't even seen the one you told me about. That's right. I did. I totally. <laughs> I've been trying to drink that out of my memory. Yeah. Oh, man. The one where Luke kills Ray. Hey, ended... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, no. What? <laughs> what? What? BB-8 I mean, did I thought, it? I thought you saw, yeah, you saw it, right? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're not going to um, – we're not going to cover it anymore. We will cover Star Wars news as it pops up. Obviously, it's our lead story this week. But in terms of The Last Jedi, in terms of any trailers or, or international spots, things like that, we're done. We're, we're done here because we, we really want to be able to enjoy it as fans. Um, if you guys, there are plenty of other nerd podcasts out there that will ruin everything for you if that's the way you want to go. <laughs> but we're not going to do that here. Just FYI to all the listeners out there. Uh, we do it as a service for you all. We should, you know, let's not let's not ruin everything for each other. Um, we'll talk about that in Thor actually too a little bit. Uh, mm. But yeah, Ryan Johnson. All right, real quick. <clears throat> so since this is gonna be something completely different, what, yeah. w- just spitballing it out there. Wh- what would you like to see him do? Would you like to see him covered like droids, bounty hunters, oh, a man. different alien race? Uh, just like what 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 is what's your dream scenario story wise? There's a bunch of different avenues that you can already take. That's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the foundations there, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. um, the Bioware game, <clears throat> Bioware game, uh, or um, Shadows of the Empire, the old N64 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Uh, what I kind of it just popped in my head, so I think it might be the right choice. Um, follow the Cantina band around <laughs> on a tour. On a tour, yeah. I mean, how? What kind of crazy shit did they get down to? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're, maybe- yeah. They're smooth, bulbous heads. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, they got a. You, you got a real like behind the music scenario there. Yes. You can do. A, oh man. Do a, do a how they formed. You know the the creative <laughs> formulative years. And They're, I don't want any subtitles. I want it to be all in alien languages. I have no idea what the hell's going on. I yeah. have to view it at least five times to figure out a narrative structure. That would be amazing. I mean, that's a that's a money grabber right there. If you got to see it five <laughs> times because there's no subtitles. Pretty butts and seats. That's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> let's see if it pays off. Let's see if it pays off. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's see. I, um, yeah, would you rather focus on bounty hunters, some Mandalorian type stuff? May, maybe some Mandalorian, but maybe not even just Mandalorian. Like maybe, like, how does the bounty hunter structure work within the oh. Star Wars universe? Maybe a little Cowboy Bebop esque. Ooh. Star Wars stuff. I mean, oh, I'm so mm, intrigued, so tasty, right? Like that. That could really be a thing. 
I, you know, and I feel like Ryan Johnson could, could give it the weight that that yeah. story would need. So, yeah, that's going to be my answer. I would love to see a, a nice. bounty hunter structured story that, that sort of borrows from Cabo Bebop, maybe a little Firefly. Um, that would be cool. All right. Uh, oh, let's yeah. let's let's move on. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Marvel dropped these posters for Black Panther and they're, they're really, really cool. They're all sort of structured the same way. Um, it's it's an up close kind of mid riff level, you know, with their heads. Uh, pictures of the primary characters from Black Panther. Um, they're they're pretty dynamic. They have like a little quote, like like I think one says like his father's legacy or something like that, uh, which is for the Black Panther and for his like his sister. It says like her her brother's keeper, something like that. Mm. Um, pr- pretty cool stuff. Uh, really, I just wanted to use this as an excuse to to talk about how excited are you for Black Panther? I mean, I know we're still a few months away, but yeah, no, it, it looks really cool. I mean, they've done they've already done a really cool job with the teaser trailer, like uh, using that um, uh, Legend has it from Run the Jewels, mm-hmm. using that kind of as the backing track for that one. Uh, yeah, that tells me that there's good um, good kind of synergy, good vibes going on already with the whole production of it. So yeah. I'm definitely interested in this one. Do you think? Do you think the posters, because the posters are so static, right? Literally, each yeah. one is just a character. Real close up. Real close up. Uh, there's no action. I mean, there's, there's no movement in any mm. of the posters. Do you think that was a wise choice, or would you have gone for something a little more dynamic? Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit, little bit more dynamism might have been good, because the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm looking at them, they kind of come off as like, um, remember when the prequels were about to come out back in 99? Mm-hmm. And the, they had the Pepsi cans with all the characters on them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went around collecting those Pepsi cans for more than I should have that summer. Um, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> like, each character had their own little can. You had a fucking Jar Jar can on a Diet Pepsi. You had a little Anakin can. Um, that's kind of just what it was. Just a like character kind of profile. Not even profile. Like a 3-4 shot of it. And yeah, there's not much to it. It's kind of cool. I mean, uh, if anything, it says that you know, this is our property. These are who we're who are uh, we're showcasing this time around, and uh, it's representation for a change. It's yeah. not your standard fare. Definitely, I think this film, maybe more than any of the other in the MCU sort of uh, stable, is is going to be its own unique story, um, and uh, you know, just. Where I feel like normally Marvel has, you know, they, it's sort of a uh, an accusation against them in a way is that everything is in a way cookie cutter for the MCU. That no mm-hmm. matter what director you have, th- they have to sort of formulate within a particular realm to make the movies. I think this one's gonna gonna totally break out of that mold, um, and purpose yeah. purposefully so. You know, uh, we'll we'll see, but I really get the feeling that that's where they're going with this. So that's cool. I, I mm-hmm. think maybe what this shows with the posters is that this is going to be a very character-driven movie, mm. uh, which could be which could work out really well. I mean, that's sort of what they did with Guardians, the first Guardians movie, and oh, for sure. You know, obviously that that paid off huge dividends. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, if I had to, t- if you had to name. 
a random cameo character or characters that you could throw into Injustice 2, the video game, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is, of course, set in the DC comic universe. It's kind of right. this alternate timeline where Superman is uh, basically he's lost his mind. He's trying to take over the world. Um, where So what I want to know is how highly would the sewer sharks be on that list oh the, the sewer street, sharks the, sewer, the street sharks sewer sharks street sharks, street street sharks. Street, they're jawsome what the hell are you talking about that'd be amazing i want them i want gargoyles i want tailspin can we get dark, can we get darkwing duck on there darkwing duck i uh, mean doug I, can we get doug <laughs> <laughs> just duck, just, just not, not even as the not even Quail Man, not yeah. even Quail Man, not even, not even Quail Man, just Doug. Oh man, maybe Pork Chop, Pork Chop would be. <laughs> I I'm a little surprised I remember the dog's name to be uh, honest. Remember Doug? Remember Remember Doug? Remember Doug? Um, yeah, remember Patty? Oh yeah, but remember Doug though? Skeeter, Skeets. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, so we, we, we talk in jest, but the characters that actually did make, uh, an appearance in the, uh, final, I guess, uh, I don't know if it's a DLC pack or what, what they call it, uh, when it comes to this game, but it's like the last batch of characters mm. that are going to be revealed for Inj- Injustice 2. You got Adam, uh, who's essentially Ant-Man, uh, c- <laughs> come at me, DC fans. Oh no. I mean... All five of them? They're different. They are different, but they're a lot the same. They're a lot the same. They both shrink down. Um, they're both scientists. I guess. I guess Ant Man's not even a scientist. Or like Hank Pym was, right? Uh, uh, but um. So yeah, we got we got Enchantress. Okay. Oh no. So lots of hip gyrations. Oh, no. All the hip gyrations coming at you. Uh, but the thing I'm definitely most excited about is mm-hmm. we're not getting one mm-hmm. amazing nostalgic '90s character, '80s '90s character. Uh-huh. We're not getting two. Oh, we're not right. getting three. But oh, wait, there's more. We're getting four. We're getting four brothers from the Secret of the Ooze. What? Fathered by Master Splinter. I'm talking what? about Leonardo, Donatello. Raphael and Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtles, all four of them, boom, coming into Injustice 2. How's that? How's that? How's that taste? That's like a whole lot of cowabunga just hit me right in my mouth. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> funny you say that. I I'm not going to talk about it here. There's a story there. Uh, Ig, you know Ig, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a there's a story did, there. Did, did it get a whole lot of cowabunga in his mouth one I'm time? I'm just, I'm not gonna, you know. I mean, he is a big homie. That's his call. We're not, uh, there's a story. I'll tell you later. All right. That's a good one. Um, but, <laughs> Couple uh, characters after dark. Yeah, after dark. We should do an after dark <laughs> segment. As if this wasn't filthy enough already. <laughs> we got some sewer dwelling turtles. Yeah. Um, no, this is really cool, though. Like, yeah. To see them in a proper fighting... I mean, when was the last time the Ninja Turtles were featured in a fighting game? It was, what, the 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 Hyper Tournament? The Hyper Ooze Tournament? Like, Super Nintendo? Or was Sega it Genesis? Back? Wow. Uh, I, I suppose so. I mean, they've been in other video games, but, like, a fighting game? It's 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 been a minute. Yeah, not modern fighting games, at least. 
Yeah. So, uh, and they look really cool in the trailer. I, it's also, I also got to give them mad props. Like, they didn't, normally these, like, character packs that they release, it's like three characters, you know? Right. It's like three. So we got Adam and Enchantress, and then it would normally be like Black Black Manta or something, or, or Manta Ray or whatever the hell his name is. Black Manta Ray. Yeah. Uh, but we get like four. Like, so we're getting, you know, six characters this time. It's really great. Yeah. Um, take some notes, Capcom. Uh, no, don't. God damn it. Fucking Capcom. <laughs> Just, I, uh, I was in a good mood, and then you said those words. Yeah. Now I I'm can't, not in a good mood. I can't wait till, uh, what's that? What's that? I don't even remember that. What's that game called? Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? Yeah, I can't wait till it's nine ninety nine. So then I <laughs> and then I don't buy it still. Like it, <laughs> it's it's headed that way soon. I think it's already had its first price drop. Like, all right, how long before that super ridiculous collector's edition with the uh, the plastic eggs for Infinity oh, yeah. Gems? How long the before that? How long before that thing hits forty bucks? Uh, five weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, probably, man. It's... I'm I'm sure it's not hard to find now. Uh, and I think those, there was like four statues that were included with the collector's edition. That was like $200 or something, right? Yeah. Um, all the statues are of like medium to low grade quality. Uh, they're not worth the sticker price at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. If I see that thing for $25, mm -hmm. I will maybe consider it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'll go combing the Walmart clearance, uh, end caps once or twice, but that's about it. I'm not, uh. Yeah, no. I've soured off of Capcom hard this yeah. past year. Yeah. Uh, let's go into something that a lot of people have soured off of, unfortunately. Because if Uh-oh. you did, you missed a bang-up kind of cool ending, especially to last season. And I'm talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season... Are we on season five now? This will be season five, sir. Season five. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, so, season five... Um, is them in space essentially? So my in question, space. my question is right off the bat. Yeah, do they? I thought you were do going to they, say, do we care? <laughs> do we care? Do they bump into Jason from Jason X? Oh shit! He, or the Leprechaun? They're uh, both in space, also. Uh, you've gone somewhere where I dare not tread. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say yes by that, default. By by the way, I I think because of rights issues, they can't do that. But how cool would that be? <laughs> huh? A season of Agents of Shield where they got to fight Jason? Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and the twist at the end is Coulson takes off his mask and or he decloaks and it's Predator all along. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. Predator versus Jason. Oh, this is we're, we're making too much money out there for everyone. We got we got to stop. Okay, let's bring it. So, so Agents of Shield season five. There's a trailer that came out recently. It's about a minute long. Um, it's kind of interesting because they're in space. They're like on a space station or a spaceship. Yeah. Uh, there's like aliens running around, and when I say aliens, I mean like the xenomorphs. Like, oh well, no, shit, I'm, talk- yeah. I'm talking about the the little the xenomorph right. looking aliens. Some like dog looking thing. Yeah, they're like blue. They look like alien. I mean, it's pretty great. They got Kree on there. Um, you got this. There's a Dollar General version of Star Lord. <laughs> that that yeah, that Spirit Halloween store day after Halloween <laughs> sale version of Star Lord. That I, by the way, I don't know who that is. Listeners out there, if y'all y'all want to let us know, I don't know who that is. Uh, is it like Star Lord's cousin? 
like his younger brother. It looks like it's like a, like a generic Star Lord type character. Um, I wonder if he's. Do you think he's gonna be part of the Ravagers? Do you think that's a thing? That'd be that'd be interesting because as of late, they haven't really tied the MCU at large into like the TV properties, other than right. like you know having newspaper clippings of the the incident with the Shatari in New York. Right. Or, or, you know, mentioning in passing, like, uh, there was a Hulk at one point. Um, there's not really any big tie-in like that. That'd be great. Uh, I think that Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually prime real estate for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the I mean, thing... Yeah. yeah. The, the, I'm sorry, but the whole, like, uh, second season, like, Coulson had this, like, uh, B-plot going throughout the whole season. Like, he was trying to get, like, uh, one of the Hell Carriers back up and running. And that's the Triskelion. The, the, the Triskelion, whatever. The thing that the helicarrier that saves uh, Sokovia, the Sokovian, uh, the Sokovian citizens, yeah, yeah, it really came into play in in, in Age of Ultron. Um, it's so weird that like they wink and nod at that even in the movie, but they don't like say it. It's it's just real weird. Yeah, that whole thing is weird. Um, it's a one way street. Yeah, not enough respect. Um. Yeah, and then you know, Agent Carter, and she had her own. Sh- I don't know. I I sometimes wonder, like, if this was a sound strategy to try to to bridge the TV universe into the movie universe. Uh, mm. Like, I get it as an idea. Like, it was kind of cool, but I feel like in in terms of execution, you know, maybe they should have left it alone some somehow. You know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Agents of Shield season five looks cool i've i'm already invested four seasons into this thing might as well <laughs> keep going because i sure as hell i'm not gonna watch inhumans Ooh. it's not gonna happen so i'll just keep watching agents of shield it's fine uh righty moving on okay we've got some you know people sometimes criticize us here at comic book characters for not incorporating enough of actual comic book talk uh, that's because nobody reads comic books. I don't know if y'all know that. Uh, <laughs> it sucks. I mean, there's some good stuff out there, I promise. But by and large... I mean, I've been buying all these lenticular covers for nothing. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, Rick. Um, the Those lenticular covers <laughs> are kind of cool. Sometimes they're kind of cool, but I feel like Marvel already messed it up because they're literally releasing, I think, oh. 120 a, different lenticular covers. There's a bevy of them right now. It's too many. Marvel, slow down. Like it's like they make all this money from the movies, and then they just gotta burn it. Like they just can't <laughs> let, like just let it sit. Put it in a put it in a retirement fund, Marvel. Mm. Roll it into a four hundred one k before they start <laughs> changing the tax laws. Like do it. Stop burning money on ridiculous gimmicks. Uh, that being said, pretty big news in the publishing side of things. Brian Michael Bendis. Now, I'm a big fan Bender of like Brian Bendis? Michael Bendis. Yeah, Bendis like Bendis. Man. Okay, just real quick since you brought that up. <laughs> Are there not two more ends of the spectrum looking dudes than Brian Michael <laughs> Bendis and David Beckham? You could you almost couldn't get further apart. And I'm not no, trying that, to yeah, throw shade. Joker, but everybody else I'm is not in the I'm not sorry BNB. I'm not trying to hate on you. I'm not, you know, but let's be let's be real here. They're on the opposite sides of that <laughs> of that spectrum. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who's probably best known for writing Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, uh, maybe Alias, um, a host of other things. Iron Man. Um, Fantastic is, Four. 
Did you do Fantastic Four? Yeah. Uh, the Shadow. Okay, I don't. Uh, Blue no. Beetle. No. Well, maybe uh, soon. Now, we don't Peter know. Vendetta. Maybe that's why they're getting. No. Um, no. Watchmen. Uh, Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the 1940s oh. cap run was was why legendary. the last man yeah. um, right runaways runaways <laughs> uh, okay okay none of that is true all of those were not real just in case anyone tries to go looking for the Brian Michael Bendis run of runaways that's not a thing <laughs> hey uh, it's scarcity man um, it's out there he signed a contract with DC he's jumping ship. Whoa. This is like the late 90s wrestling wars, man. This is like Hollywood Hogan? Yeah, this is Razor Ramon going, you know, WCW. Like this This is big. This is like one of Marvel's I mean, probably their most well-known writer for them or like maybe their most uh more recent prolific writer. I I mean, the guy was the voice of Spider-Man for Ultimate Spider-Man. And Miles, mm-hmm. Miles Morales, Spider Man, like he's yeah. he's literally like that character's voice, pretty much since inception. So that's that's going to be weird. Like I'm really wondering what Marvel's going to do now moving forward. Uh, but maybe even the the better question is, what is he going to do now that he's over at DC? Uh, is he going to do Batman? Is he going to do Superman? Is he going to do Wonder Woman? Is he going to take one of the top tier characters and give his own? you know, take on it, or is he going to take a lesser known property a la a blue beetle, right? <laughs> or the creeper or, you know, I don't know, beast boy. God, you know what? I bet you he could do a good beast boy run. I bet that's in him. But what do you think, Chris? What do you, what do you think about this Brian Michael Bendis to DC news? No, this is kind of crazy. Um, because I'm actually following Spider-Man too, or Spider-Man too. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, this is kind of. I guess that's already done writing wise. It just needs to come out. I would imagine uh, so. So that kind of yeah, <laughs> he just drops it mid <laughs> mid run. Uh, no, this is kind of interesting. It's interesting to see. I mean, because you, you know they're having their whatever fight, whatever kind of race they do with the cinematic universes. But publishing side, it seems kind of like DC's kind of been holding strong. They've had their you know their events kind of you know the, people still read them a little bit. It seems to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've so, got they've got that Doomsday Clock thing going right now, and that's 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 yeah. a huge buzz. I yeah, as much of a, as I'm accused of being a Marvel fanboy, I think there's almost no question that DC on the publishing side is winning that quote unquote war. Um, they have more titles selling in the top twenty, or you know, than than Marvel does. It's not even close. Um, I mean, nothing touches Walking Dead, but. But, you know, they still do pretty good. Yep. They do do the gimmick covers, like the lenticular stuff, but they're way more selective about it, which yeah, is a way like, better strategy. Like, it's like Krypton exploding. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not just like, hey, remember when we had this other cover? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I just I don't know, man. It's just really crazy because I've been following uh, Bendis's career for a, a long time. I yeah. mean, for almost 20 years now. And... It's just really odd to 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 see him leave Marvel, and uh, I, you know, honestly, I'm really curious what's going to happen with the Spider properties uh, more than mm-hmm. anything. Because I mean, obviously, that's a character I like a lot. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, Miles and and Peter, or whoever, and you know, just those stable stable of characters, they don't lose their voice because that would be 
that would be pretty shitty. I, at the same time, maybe maybe Marvel gets taps a writer who has some really great ideas, and they take Miles in like a really cool direction, and it could be a really nice opportunity. Yeah, um, this might be the shot in the arm that they need on the publishing side. I mean, because they have to at this point lose their name like Bendis, you're gonna have to reevaluate some things. That's big. It's really big. Uh, you know, I know they still have Hickman. Um, I mean, I can't even. They've got a few other writers that are, you know, that are kind of prolific and have been doing some stuff but yeah now dc's got jeff johns who's kind of, it's kind of funny because bendis was sort of marvel's jeff johns and now dc has jeff johns and brian michael b they got <laughs> they got the, both of those jeff johns so uh we'll see we'll definitely keep tabs on that and i'm really really curious to see what what's going to be bendis's uh first project with dc um that, that could be really cool all right time to take a stop Put your feet up. Ooh. Relax. I'm still getting over this hangover, so I'm going to go with a straight ice-cold glass of water. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Get you some hair of the dog, baby. No, no. Water. H2O is your friend. Go lick a canine. No, oh, no. Uh, we're going to stop off, of course, to our favorite wrestling hole. That is Casting Corner. Uh, Insert jingle here. Yeah, we, we never we don't have one. It's just, <laughs> you know, da 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 Casting corner. <laughs> it should be the sad trombone from Price's Right. Bum, bum. Oh, oh, yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Uh, well, you know that might be a fitting sound, depending on how you feel about one Zachary Levy, Levi, Uh-oh. Levy, like the jeans, Levi. I'm gonna go with Levi, um, because he has been cast as none other than Shazam. Uh-oh. The original Captain Marvel, not to be confused with Captain Kazam! Not to be confused with Kazam or Captain Marvel in Marvel's <laughs> Captain Marvel. This is DC's Captain Marvel. This is from the Department of Redundancy Department. Mhm. And uh yeah, it goes by Shazam so as to not create a bunch of uh confusion. Um now originally we were supposed to get a Shazam movie with Black Adam and Black Adam was going to be played by The Rock. Uh, I think that's been pulled off the table. Like, that's no longer a thing. But uh, Zachary Levi <clears throat> has now been confirmed uh, to play Shazam. Uh, now, the interesting thing about Shazam as a character is that he's sort of technically two different people. Uh, Billy uh, Batson is a small boy, like a 10, 11, 12-year-old, who, who gets imbued with the power of Shazam. And when he, when he says Shazam, he becomes this like larger than life sort of Superman type character. Um, who's a fully grown adult man. So that kind of begs the question, like how are they going to cast the child part of this? They haven't said anything. Um, do they even bother with that? Are they going to change the way the character works? I mean, they could, they could, if they wanted to, they could just make Zach, be like a normal regular person who then also turns into Shazam. Uh, for those of you that are concerned because you saw Chuck and you hated Chuck because Chuck was too skinny. Mm-hmm. That's why you hated Chuck. Well, have no fear because Zach is taking this too hard. He's apparently going to hit the gym really hard and he's juicing. He's looking for a Chris Pratt type transformation here. So uh, he posted that on his, uh, I believe it was his Instagram account. Um, so let me ask you this, Chris. Yeah. 
let's just say that they don't. How badly do I want to punch that Levi in the face? Very much so. Yeah. Okay. On a scale of, of one to Scott Eastwood. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he's definitely in the Scott Eastwood territory. <laughs> Come at me, yeah. Scott. I don't got no beef with him. It's just that he's got a very doughy face. Yeah, I, I just you, you could really knead your fist right into it over and over again. Yeah, I mean that's um, this is free floating anger. This is animosity that's born out of nothing. But <laughs> apparently, Zachary Levi's face can catch these hands. Well, it's good to know if he needs a sparring partner. <laughs> we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, okay, but in the event that they don't stray too far from the source material and they yeah. do end up casting a child. Mm-hmm. To play Billy Batson, mm-hmm. who who's who's your top pick? Do you have a top pick? I, I yeah. know I didn't. You know we didn't talk about this in show notes, no. but just uh, off the top of your head, what do you got? Zachary Levi. <laughs> so you, do you hire a child actor? It could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, put Zachary CGI Zachary uh, Levi's yes. face, his adult onto face, the child actor, yes. his adult face, his adult face with his adult head. It's good. I mean, it would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> It crosses all sorts of uncanny talk valleys. About, I was say, talk about an uncanny valley, an un, <laughs> an unbreachable, like an unexpeditioned uncanny, va- uncanny valley, like impossible. Yeah, no, it would be amazing. It would uh, get me interested in this property for one. I don't really care. I'm, gonna, so. <laughs> I'm immediately going to poke a hole in that though, because if you make a child with Zachary Levi's face on yeah. it, yeah. that child's gonna get punched so much. <laughs> You wouldn't know, though. You wouldn't know. Who, we know which talent it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say one of the Stranger Things kids, probably the kid who plays Will. Oh, like the actual answer? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fine. Yeah, the kid who plays Will from Stranger Things, I think, would probably be my first choice because he's real kind of small. Yeah, and, uh, he's kind of punchable, too. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a little meek. He's meek. He's meek. Poor Will. He's been through so much. He has, man. He's really... He's really gotten the shit into that stick. Two seasons. Two seasons of just bad times. Right? He doesn't even get no superpowers like 11. Yeah, he doesn't get the girl. There's no girl for him to get. <laughs> the one who doesn't have... Oh, I guess spoilers. The ones who doesn't have fancy with him calls him Zombie Boy. Yeah. Like affectionately, though, which is real weird. <laughs> like, that's, that's y'all's homework out there, CBC listeners. Go to a person that you have affection for that you might have a crush on. And try to effectively and affectionately call them either zombie boy or zombie girl and see where that gets you. Let us know. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag it's CBC pod. I really want to see how this turns out. I'm sure it's going to be terrible. <laughs> um, okay. But do you have any, uh, any real uh, choices? Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, Justin Bieber. Okay. Yeah, that's my that's my answer. Also very punchable, by the way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, real quick, Deathstroke movies apparently in talks. There, it's not a full go yet, but there's still uh, apparently they've got that Joe Manganiello. I know I didn't say that name right. Uh, he's still attached <laughs> to play Deathstroke. Originally, he was going to maybe be in <laughs> Justice League or the Batman movies. Uh, <laughs> That seems to have not been – that's not a thing anymore, but they're going to do his own movie. That could be really cool, so I'm not I'm not mad at it. Uh, but the really cool thing is right now they're in talks to attach Raid director 
Gareth Evans. Not Gareth Edwards. Not the guy oh. who did Rogue One. Gareth Evans, okay, who directed The Raid. Uh, Raid's really good, by the way. It's a it's a really, really, really well-made film. Uh, it kills bugs dead. It, it does do that. It also significantly harms the environment. Um, the movie causes global uh, gases. So that's a problem. Uh, no, wow. Sorry, we're, getting, we're, getting, oh, we're getting too far. The worst kind of gases. Uh, uh, what, what are they called? Global, global, whatever. See, look, this this thing went off the rail. <laughs> you got you got to rein me in, man. You got to rein me in a little bit. But actually, what my thought upon hearing this news was, uh-huh. and I'm not even joking here, who knew that naming your kid Gareth was gonna be so, uh, so profitable, so so successful, <laughs> a like, harbinger of money. Yeah, like Gareth. Really, you have a kid, and you're like, I'm gonna name, but that kid's name is. Gareth, and they're that like, kid, no, that kid's destined to LARP the, the, his adolescence away. Right. I mean, not only his adolescence, his adulthood, his, <laughs> his midlife, his convalescence, eating a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what are those those Nighthawk steak and potatoes, microwavable oh, no. meals for a dollar fifty at Walmart. Um, I would feel like that would be the trajectory path for Gareth. Uh, so I, I apologize if any listeners out there are named Gareth. I'm clearly wrong anyway, so don't be mad at me because Gareth is kick kicking it, or killing it right now. Uh, we've got kicking it to death, kicking it to he's death, killing it. Deathstroke. We've got Rogue One. All hail Gareth. Yeah, but for real, like yeah, I'll go slow clap that. I think. What do you? What are you What are you hoping for from a Deathstroke movie? Anything in particular? I... Um, not really. I mean, again, this is kind of like focusing on like a, a villain as the main character for the property. Uh, we're gonna see it come to light with Venom. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe there'll be a Lobo thing somewhere in the future if DCU feels up to it. Uh, so yeah, no. It, I'm I'm all for it. Let me ask you this: Would you yeah. prefer to see Deathstroke fight um, like a Batman type character, or would you rather him go uh, up against like the Teen Titans type of scenario where maybe he's fighting uh, an inexperienced group of superheroes, mm. just kind of wrecking shop? I do enjoy some te- the Teen Titans. Um, yeah, I wanted to. I want that to be the kind of like third act. I want the, like, you know, he he's all kind of in control of his machinations and schemes. Then all of a sudden, I don't know where the Teen Titans show up and start wrecking shop. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I prefer that one, too. We'll see how it goes. And, of course, we'll give you guys the updates as they come along. All right. So now we are at the portion of the pod uh, <laughs> where we're going to talk about Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so let's just jump into it right off the bat, Chris. I'm going to issue you a challenge. Uh oh. We're of course going to do our Flash versus Flash versus Thor Ragnarok, uh, which is where we of course recap the film. My challenge to you, yeah, is to recap the film uh-huh. in five sentences. Ooh, five. You get Ooh. five, and we're going to count them off. As get ready in... for some semicolons and runoffs. Nope. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's. <laughs> uh, so yeah. go ahead, yeah. Chris. Let us know what happens in Thor Ragnarok in five sentences, and we're gonna count them off. Insert Jeopardy theme here. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's okay if you miss a bunch of shit. Just, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. just go with it. Let's go. All right. So, um, Odin is missing from Asgard, and it's because Loki has changed places with him mm-hmm. and banished him to Earth, uh, whereupon uh, he is discovered by Thor and Loki with the help from Doctor Strange and promptly ends up dying. Uh, because of his death, Hela is unleashed from her banishment and assumes the and wants to assume the rightful heir of the, the throne of, of Asgard as the rightful heir, being the firstborn of Odin's children. That's uh, uh, is that two sentences. That's two sentences. Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the ensuing fight through the Bifrost, Thor and Loki are plunge into a world called Sakarth, where Jeff Goldblum uh, entertains the masses by holding gladiatorial matches and ruling over them at the same time, and while uh, Hela returns to Asgard to unleash her, her stench of... Her, no, her stench? No. <laughs> to unfold her reign of domination and right. death. All right, that's three. Uh, let me see. You're doing On great Sakarth, so far. Yeah. <laughs> On Sakarth... Uh, Thor quickly uh, proves his mettle by facing the Grandmaster's champion, the Hulk, and 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 managing to transform Banner back in uh, uh, Hulk back into Banner, uh, all while discovering um, the lone Valkyrie, Valkyrie left from Asgard's defense of previous defense of Hela, uh, who arranges them arranges their escape off the world, off Sakaar. Yeah, uh, that's four. <laughs> Four. Um, <laughs> four. Loki, <laughs> Valkyrie, Hulk, and uh, Serta Perfect Sleeper um, managed to create, managed to bring about the prophecy of Ragnarok, destroying Rag- destroying Asgard and Hela's power core at the same time, saving the nine realms from extinction. There you go. That's actually <laughs> oh, wow. really good, dude. That's, that was. <laughs> That's really impressive. That's five. That is a fantastic recap. Um, nice. That is really good. Huh? Flashback. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that felt good. That that didn't put me through any mental gymnastics at all. Thanks for that. <laughs> hey, man, it's, uh, it's Sunday night. I mean, that's clearly when the brain, <laughs> when you're ready to go, right? Where you just want to think, think real hard. That's uh, clearly what everyone wants. Uh, all right. So so Thor was touted as a... a, a, a um, What's the word I'm looking for? It is it diverted a, a large diversion from uh, Hugh Grant style rom com. Yeah, from the previous two Thor films, and it, it was meant to. It was described as an intergalactic road trip, um, a comedy. A lot of a lot of comedy was thrown in there. Yeah. Um, a very different feel. Very vibrant film. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Uh, we we, uh, we had the fortunate we were fortunate to see it twice. I will say that the first time I saw it is when I started to get sick from you know allergies or whatever, and I was yeah. I was allergies, doped up quote, on like Dayquil flowers, and Nyquil. Quote, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I don't really remember the movie that well from the first time I saw it, but you know I was able to see it again. Really yeah. enjoyed it the second time, and that's actually kind of a common thing I've heard amongst a lot of people that have watched the movie that yeah pretty much everyone liked it the first time yeah nearly I actually really liked it the second time around because the first time the theater was laughing really hard at a lot of things yeah. so I, I miss like you know little things that were, that were said after like the comedy beats yeah and that's what I, you know 
that's the thing. Like, if you if you liked the movie, see it again because I've been hearing that from just about everybody that saw it twice is that they really, really enjoyed it a lot more even the second time. Um, all right, so let's see here. What stood out to you most for Thor Ragnarok? What did what what was the thing that made you say, "Man, I really loved this particular thing about this movie." Hmm. Um, there was a lot of character beats, a lot of like nice subtle kind of character development that was going on in between the jokes in between. I mean, the, the movie is great because not only does it incorporate the comedy so effortlessly, um, but it also develops these characters in really, you know, small kind of ways that you might miss if you're not looking. Um, like one example I can think of off the top is like, uh, when Thor's on Sakarath kind of, he's already, um, he's just gotten there. Jeff Goldblum's kind of like, you know, kind of brushed him off as whatever. He's just another guy to fight in the Coliseum. And he has this moment alone by himself. Um, kind of in that cir- weird circular room, that Mobius-type room. Uh, and he kind of is looking at the wall, and he's he's saying, like, the Viking prayer of death. Like, the last parts of it. Uh, I think it starts, like, a, low there do I see my father, low there do I see my mother, my brother, my sister, and, like, the line of my people stretching back to the beginning. And he, he tells the end of it. They do they do call to me. They they bid me take my place among them. Um, in the halls of Valhalla where the dead, where the dead shall live forever. That's really cool. That uh, he, I think he just says that last little part. Right. Um, and if you're not paying attention too much, you're you might miss it. Uh, not only that, Lo- Loki, Ghost Loki, yeah, comes in and recites the last part with him. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. There's there is a lot of depth there. Uh, it's so funny because that scene is literally buttoned with maybe my favorite scene in the movie, oh. which is <laughs> where Korg, um, who is this alien rock alien guy, voiced by director uh, Taika Waititi. Who's New Zealander? He's a New Zealander. So he has this really great... A Kiwi accent? Yeah, accent. And he also plays this character. It's very interestingly. He he literally said in an interview he was inspired by what's called the Polynesian body... Uh, the Polynesian uh, doorman, right? Which is the idea of like a really big, brutish guy. But mm-hmm. it's like really friendly and like huh. sort of like light... And, yeah. and so he comes running in off from off screen and he <laughs> kicks, he kicks at like the wall. He's like, hey, get out of here, ghost. <laughs> and I'm probably, I, I, that was a terrible accent, but like, it's just really funny. Uh, it is, I think that shows a lot of the range of the film. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the stuff with Odin at the beginning and, oh, spoilers, by the way, because yeah, we're not going to try to not do a non-spoilers thing. Um, you knew what it was when you found that's out. We, that's why we gave you the extra week, everybody. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it yet, just pause here. It's going to stop on your phone. It'll stay there until you come back. After you see the movie, then Odin's then dead. <laughs> yeah. Odin's dead. Uh, who else dies? The executioner dies. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I really liked Korg. A lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. I loved yeah. every scene he was in. I, I agree with the, the reviews that we had seen where everyone was raving about Tessa Thompson. Oh, yeah. I thought she did a fantastic job as Valkyrie. Uh, we really got to see Chris Hemsworth's uh, sort of comedy chops in this film. <clears throat> and um, I think maybe my favorite part for him was when uh, when he's after the fight with uh, Hulk. Hulk's like bathing in a in a sauna essentially. He mm-hmm. comes out. He's totally <laughs> naked. And Thor's like, no, 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 no. Uh, up, uh, up. 
That's in my brain now. That's in my brain. That's in my brain now. Yeah, that just the, his reading of that line. Really, really, really fantastic. Uh, if you didn't think Chris Hemsworth was funny, uh, you might change your tune after seeing this one. Any Anything in particular that you were expecting to see in this film that did not come to fruition, um, whether it's a specific hmm. scene or just an element that you thought was going to be in here but just didn't yeah. turn out to be uh, be there? Well, we live in a kind of weird digital era, right, where a lot of things are archived from, like, the pre-production to production to post-production. Um, a lot of the scenes with, like, Hella's introduction were kind of changed from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, in the trailer, it had her kind of, like, emerging from a cityscape. Mm-hmm. She's in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's when she crushes Mjolnir. Uh, R.I.P., though. R.I.P., though. Um, yeah, and so now it's in Sweden, and now it's kind of from a, like... A, ephemeral portal she's coming out of and odin uh was you know there were set pictures of odin kind of like in like uh like homeless kind of garb kind of like stuff. disarray uh, yeah yeah uh, but now he's kind of just like uh, wearing north face mm-hmm. in sweden somewhere <laughs> so uh things change that's cool that they change uh, as long as it works there was one part i guess i think where hella kind of crushes mjolnir where you could tell it was green screen a little bit but um yeah no nothing really that i wasn't in I was let down by it. That, that's a change for, for reasons unbeknown to me. That's fine. Um, as long as it works, it's cool. And it worked. Yeah. I, you know, I, I ask you the question. I, I try to think about it for myself. Um, I think maybe the only thing, and this is like, maybe this is a small nitpick, but I do remember this movie being promoted as an intergalactic road trip for mm-hmm. Thor and Hulk. Uh, I mean, really, it was more Thor and Banner, right? And honestly, yeah, I think it, Buddy it, Cop got kind of uh, thrown uh, thrown around a couple times. Yeah, it didn't it didn't feel that much of that kind of film, and not that it was. That's fine. It's fine that it didn't end up filling that space. Um, but I was really curious to see what that could have been like. Um, mm-hmm. I really feel like they didn't. They actually didn't really play up that aspect of the film. Uh, yeah. Not not that it hurts it at all. It's just they kind of went a different way. Um, so just some, I guess, some... Uh, okay, uh, so we talked about Tessa Thompson. Uh, I really like Tom Hiddleston's, uh, th- what he does with Loki in this. There's a there's a lot of uh, arc for Loki, especially. Was there any... I, again, at the end of the day, I think Korg was my favorite. Uh-huh. Um, just loved everything about Korg. Uh, was there any, any particular character, either new or old, that really stood out for you in this one? Um, Valkyrie for sure, Tessa Thompson's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I love their entrance. Uh, <laughs> you know, Thor's kind of wriggling around there, getting zapped by some, you know, uh, garbage dwellers. Mm-hmm. And then um, Tessa Thompson's ship lands, and then she, you know, the the draw bridge or the plank, whatever, the on ramp comes down and like extends, and you get this like shot of her kind of swaggering out with the bottle and dropping it, and she kind of swaggers to the left and right, and then swaggers to the right, and then off the plank. She kind of takes a tumble because he's really drunk. Yeah. Uh, I think that – I didn't need any more than that. Uh, that was a lot more, though, and that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, she, overall, I think it was a great inclusion of a character that um, I don't really know how prolific she is in the comics. Uh, that's, I guess, my own fault. But um, they really played it up they, to the – Degree that it should be. I mean, she's she. I kind of want a Valkyrie standalone movie. Now. You could have, you could do it. You definitely could do it. Um, she's predominantly uh, from uh, the team called the Defenders. 
mm. in the comic. She was pretty popular in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, she pops in and out of the Marvel publishing universe from time to time, kind of depending on. Uh, but yeah, I'm totally with you. I think they could they could do a prequel with her. Mm-hmm. Um, they could they could do a number of things. I, I I really liked her character. You know what her character reminded me of? Come, I lo- calling back to Cowboy Bebop. I felt yeah. like she could have been a character that lived in the Cowboy Bebop universe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And 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 I just really liked that. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's let's just go over. And again, for me, it was just Cork. I just love Cork. <laughs> uh, I just love that accent. You know, I'm a big Fly of the Concords fan, and uh, just, I don't know, really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, let's do some quick tidbits here, a little trivia. Yeah. So about, uh, I mean, I don't even know how they come up with this number, but 80%, approximately 80% of the dialogue in this in this movie, in the script, was improvised. Wow. Does that surprise you? 80%. A lot. Yeah, that is kind of surprising. You know, comedy is a little bit harder to pull off, and yeah. it says it's, it's a lot of the actors that they have some shops like that. Yeah, I mean, Goldblum. I yeah. If you told me a hundred percent of Goldblum was just him improving, no problem. I, no I problem. Believe it a hundred percent. But it feels so good in the movie. <laughs> he everything he does is magic. Uh, for that character, they really probably could not have cast that better. Um. So let's see other 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 trivia. Sif, Sif is missing from the movie. Yeah. Lady Sif. So here's the thing, <coughs> real quick. The Warriors Three. I mean, it's like it's like when you play a video game where you try to you try to advance to the final boss before your character has <laughs> uh, leveled up enough to actually take on that task. But you're like, oh, I've got some healing potions. I'll be all right. Nope. Nope. That, that's they. Those dudes get taken out so quickly in this film. This I'm is one, why you grind. I'm wondering if they even caught a check. Like, did they <laughs> even get paid? Because they didn't do any work. Uh, the Warriors yeah, three. These get guys were a level below jobber. Freaking pwned by Hella in this film. Like. Their combined screen time is like 48 seconds. It's <laughs> insane. I, it's so crazy to think that these characters who were pretty prominent in the first two films. Yeah. But, you know, Watiti had said that he wanted this film to be sort of a rebirth for the character of Thor and to set this uni- this part of the universe and everything in a totally new direction. And mm-hmm. the only way to do that, as we learned from watching the animated Transformers movie from 1986... You got to discard those old characters. You know, mm. you got to push them off, and uh, let them float into space, and watch Optimus Prime go gray. Oh, uh, right back to the sad zone. Why are you doing this, man? Uh, but conspicuously by her absence, Lady Sif, Jamie Alexander, is not there. So I actually did a little bit of research, and it turns out that she has a television show that she shoots for, and uh, apparently the scheduling uh, didn't work out. And uh. they, she couldn't get out of her TV shooting schedule, so um, they don't even mention her in the movie. But what I, from what I understand, they're gonna. She was on a mission somewhere, so she should still be alive <laughs> in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't know where she is. Hell, she could turn up on an episode of uh, Agents of Shield. That would yeah. That would probably be not a bad idea to Done explain kind of where she where she might be. Um, <clears throat> going back to Tessa Thompson. Apparently, she took, uh, this was from an interview uh, prior to the film's release, she said she took inspiration for Valkyrie 
from the character Sarah Connor, specifically in Terminator 2. Oh, wow. Okay, so this kind of very hard-nosed, like, don't bother me, I've got shit to do sort of mm-hmm. attitude. Uh, she really looked at Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Um, yeah. Good, 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 uh, good idea there, Tessa Thompson, because it paid off really, really well. Um, Charlie's Theron. Theron? They're on the Ron. Charlie's the Ron. You know, that is, if you look at her last name, that's the Ron is probably how it should be pronounced. A.A. Ron. Yeah, A.A. Ron. Uh, Charlie's the Ron (laughs) was originally considered for the, or heavily considered for the role of Hela. Huh. So here's my take on that. Kate Blanchett is amazing as Hela. Yeah. She kills it. She actually wasn't originally going to do it. Apparently it was her kids that convinced her to do it. Hmm. And um, she even apparently did some mild to moderate uh, Capoeira training. Really? For the film. Yeah. Nice. To, to get limber and loose. And um, But that being said, I wouldn't have been mad at a Charlie's of the Ron uh, for Hella either. Because like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw any of the Huntsman movies. Actually, it's funny because what's his, uh, Chris Hemsworth's in those too, but those Huntsman like Snow White movies. Yeah, she basically plays Hella. Like her character is very Hella esque in those movies, and mm-hmm. I just I feel like Charlie's would have would have crushed it. That being said, completely happy with how Kate Blanchett did in this one. It, she was. Oh yeah, no. There's a couple of moments where like uh, it was just her and Thor and there. And I think the dynamics between them was completely believable. Like, yeah, oh, it, that's definitely an older sister talking to a, a middle brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, kudos, kudos. They, they really did such a fantastic job with the casting in this film. Uh, one other thing, we do get a, a, a smattering of, of, of cameos in this film in a very, very hilarious way. And that's when Thoric goes back to Asgard for the first time at the, at the beginning of the film. Oh, yeah. He interrupts a play uh, overseen by Odin, who's really Loki, and a bunch of Asgardians. And the play is a reenactment of Loki, if, uh, plot points in Thor 1 and Thor the Dark World. Uh, but essentially when, Th- when Loki passes away, right, when he dies. Yeah. And we get Sam Neill from Jurassic <laughs> Park as Odin. We get um, Chris Hemsworth, older brother, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Older Hemsworth. It's not Liam, is it? No, that's no, that's, that's the, the younger one. one. It's uh, Charlie Hemsworth. That's not it. It's uh, the Ron, the Ron Hemsworth. A A Ron Hemsworth. <laughs> I honestly don't know his name. I'm so sorry. But yeah, his older brother, Chris Hemsworth's older brother, uh, playing Thor. And none other in the weirdest, like, most left-of-center thing possible. Like, to the point where when I saw the movie the first time, I was like, wait, is that? That's, no. Oh, my, wait, no, that is him, right? Yeah. Matt Damon <laughs> as Loki. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne himself. That's Jason Bourne. Ah, oh, man, what if, what if Jason Bourne, oh, what if Jason and Bourne and Danny Rand were in a movie together? <laughs> It'd be amazing because one says his own name the entire time, and the other has his name said by everybody else in the movie. Everyone but him, right? Yeah. Oh, so many name checks in that one. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Damon is Loki for 
a little bit in this film. It's really, really weird. Uh, <laughs> he does a fine job with it. It's it's just really weird. It's to the like it really was to the point where I was like, is that even? No, that is that's Matt Damon. That's so weird. Why is he? Why is he in this movie? <laughs> um, okay, so we get Stanley as a cameo. Uh, where oh, he, yeah. he he's the guy that cuts Thor's hair. That's nice. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the uh, the the bumper the end uh, credit sequences. Yeah, the first one we get, and I think this is definitely the more important of the two. Um, and this is where they said they said they said that this movie, the Thor Ragnarok, was going to really help set the table, so to speak, for Avengers: Infinity War. And uh, it does. Uh, because what, like you said earlier in the recap, uh, Thor, Loki, Hulk, Valkyrie, uh, Korg, et al. are mm. all on this giant ship and they're floating to space. And Thor says, "Let's go to Earth. Welcome to Earth." And <laughs> uh, they're headed that way, and they're 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 probably having a good time. Uh, but then they come upon, and again, this ship that they are on is massive because it's. Yeah, it's got the it's entire like civilization art. It's got the entire Asgardian population on it, which I mean, all, you know, admittedly is not as robust as it once was, but it's still a lot of people on this ship. Mm. So it's a big ship. The reason I keep saying how big this ship is is because this ship that they come upon dwarfs it. Like it, it, the ship they come upon is it's like fifty times larger, a hundred mm-hmm. times easily larger yeah. than the ship that they're already on. And that's Thanos' ship. That's dun, 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 that's man. Thanos' ship. So, wow. I mean, that's pretty big. I, I I kind of feel like maybe Avengers Infinity War kind of starts right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, like maybe um, Thor and or Loki or some of those, some of the, some of the people there uh, encounter Thanos and, and uh, try to fight him and maybe... Um, Maybe you know they go on like a like a pod, like a little pod, while the Asgardian ship like gets away. Oh yeah, hopefully. <laughs> okay, but then then I mean I think I think one of Valkyrie. I mean it's, you can't. It's not going to be Hulk, right? But Valkyrie, Hulk, Thor, Loki, Korg, in in Meek. Is that his name? Meek the little. Meek. Oh yeah, Meek's dead. Oh yeah, Meek's dead. Oh wait, no, he's no, he isn't. <laughs> Oh, makes alive. Makes alive. Um, one or more of those characters is gonna die right at yeah. the beginning of uh, Avengers: Infinity War, and my money is on Loki. Hmm. What I think is gonna happen is earlier in the film we see Loki when he's gonna get the uh, the Serta helmet thing, the to bring, uh, oh, bring yeah. upon Ragnarok. Right? He sees the the Tesseract cube. Uh-huh. He eyes it. He clearly takes it. I mean, there's yeah. no way he doesn't take it, right? <clears throat> so what I think is going to happen is they're going to come upon Thanos. Thanos is going to obviously be a significant threat. Loki's going to try to harness the power of the cube to, to take care of Thanos. He's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Thanos is going to kill him mm-hmm. and take the cube, thus by getting the first of the gems that he needs. Yeah, I pr- that, that's a... Strong opening play. I'm putting I put my money on that one. Uh, do you have? I obviously it sounds like you were conferring with like you were, you like my theory. Do you have any alternate theory as to like is a strong word? Okay, I, I, <laughs> I accept it. It's a valid. Uh, uh, no, I think that fits in really well with kind of like what we already saw. 
<laughs> or uh, didn't see uh, with the leaked trailer. Oh, uh, right, right. From so, uh, D23. Right, and then Thor's, like, floating. So, like, yeah, probably yeah. Thanos kills Loki. Thor freaks out, goes full god mode on him, tries to take him out. Of course, at this point, Thanos would have the gem. So mm-hmm. extra, extra effed would Thor be. And uh, so then Thor gets, like, blown out of the ship, left for dead. That's when the Guardians come upon him. Yeah, wipe it off. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I kind of feel like that's where they're going. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But um, you know, we we have heard that that Infinity War is going to be a lot about Thanos just acquiring the gems mm-hmm. and like different heroes trying to stop him and probably failing. <clears throat> so again, I just feel like that really fits. Yeah. Uh, the second end credit sequence we get is really cool because uh and so grandmaster uh, which is the jeff colbloom character is the brother of the collector played by benicio del toro and they kind of end the same way uh they're they're (laughs) coming out of a wreckage they're 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 bewildered they're confused (laughs) why do you let it lick (laughs) you they're trying to make the best of their situation um you know i love how goldblum is like you know Congratulations on your revolution. Aha. Aha. Uh, you, you wouldn't have been able to uh, uh, do it without me uh, because you're revolting against me. So in a way, uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's a draw. It's a draw, right. I, I, it's a nice <laughs> little scene. Um, were you expecting anything else beyond those two? Were you hoping to see something else? Um, a little bit just because we got a lot of uh, end credit scenes with the Guardians, uh, Guardians 2. Um, but you know, come to think of it, now it's about, it about fits the fits the mode of all the Marvel movies. You get the you know the mid credits uh, scene, and then you get the the, the credit. Yeah. The so no, no. I, I mean, it it kind of uh, had to fit with the rest of the tone of the movie. Like the the mid credit scene was really kind of serious. Oh shit's getting real now. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of you know there were moments of that in the movie, but then the the end stinger had to be kind of funny. So no, that, that kind of fits. Uh, how many get helps out of five would you give Thor Ragnarok? Oh man, so many get helps. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I give it five out of five. Yeah, five out it's of five. Really, get-helps. really good movie. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it there's a lot of a econ- There's an economy of narrative which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really well. De- I mean, for. Yeah, no. Uh, Mar- Marvel Studios can be pretty stifling for directors, but for uh, to see Taika Waititi kind of succeed in this, yeah, and not only that, this light. is this is his first like really big film like this yeah. too. So, no, I think it's great. I'm gonna go back real quick uh, when yeah. we're talking about things that I kind of was not necessarily disappointed, but like was like, oh, I wish this. Uh, Doctor Strange. He was Benedict Cumberbatch was so good yeah. at the beginning in his in his sort of cameo role. I I just wanted to see more. Uh, I, I mean, I know the way it fit in the story was kind of perfectly done. I just selfishly wanted more yeah. of him because he's re- he's really come into his own as a sorcerer supreme at this point, mm-hmm. and and just everything he was doing was really great for me. I really liked. Uh, the, I really am looking forward to Doctor Strange sort of interacting with the other characters now. Yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Well, so five out of five get helps. Uh, also, just another great part in the movie. That brings us... Oh, no. That does not bring us to a close. One last thing. Skirt! So, uh, for those of you who 
watch late night television, uh, late night talk shows, there's a there's one in particular. His name is James Corden. Uh, he does those carpool karaoke things, those bits that are on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, pretty pretty funny guy from time to time, kind of annoying from time to time, as most talk show hosts are want to be. Uh, <laughs> but he did this kind of interesting thing uh, in, in, for promotion for this movie. Uh, he went to a a live screening of Thor Ragnarok, like one of those, like you know, like the Thursday before or whatever. And he managed to wrangle a lot of the principal cast of the film, and they performed a like uh, abbreviated. Uh, a bridge like stage play version of the movie with really shitty props, uh, with really ham-fisted acting. Uh, it's got uh, Tom Hilston in it, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Kate Blanchett, Mark Ruffalo, um, Jeff Goldblum on a razor scooter. <laughs> We're gonna throw the video on the thread uh, where the podcast is gonna be, which of course is on Facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. Uh, so if you can look at the SoundCloud, it's not going to be there. It'll be on the Facebook uh, page. Um, but yeah, what, what did you think about the this James Corden 4D Thor uh, escapade? Did you did you think it was funny? Did you would you like to see more of it, or it was kind of a one and done thing for you? What do you? What do you I was think? incensed. Yeah. Um, 4D. There's nothing 4D about this. It's 3D. It's, it's not just traver- a play. It's, it's, it's not traversing time. My mind can still comprehend it. it right. Oh my god. No, nomenclature aside, it's kind of <laughs> cool how, uh, you know, these all these uh, really well-paid Hollywood stars are able to kind of, you know, goof around like this. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool to see Kate Blanchett doing that stuff. And it just kind of goes to prove that this is really the spirit that they wanted to encapsulate for the movie. This is, you know, not a mistake. Everybody was on board for this. So it's kind of it's fun to see that happen. Yeah, definitely. And we going back to that whole 80% of the dialogue was improvised. It really lends itself to that fact. Like... Mm-hmm you could see that they had fun with it and, and it was a lot of playing off of each other and whatnot. And yeah, it's totally worth a watch. It's about nine minutes. I mean, the first maybe two minutes you can just skip through. It's just James Corden being really happy that he exists uh, and, uh, spewing, spewing bullshit, getting a paycheck. I mean, America, right? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so that's going to close us up for the week. Uh, please let us know what you all thought about Thor Ragnarok. Uh, as always, we are so thankful to have you listeners out there. Please feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, on Gmail, uh, comicbookcharacters at gmail.com, uh, cbcharacters at gmail.com, actually, uh, on Twitter, at cbcharacters, or just hashtag cbcpod. Uh, if you hashtag cbcpod, we will see it. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, thoughts on the pod, uh, future topics you'd like us to cover. Do you Please. want to catch his hands? If you are, let's see, who are you trying to catch hands with this time? I forgot. Uh, Jared Leto. Jared, always uh, Jared Leto, Z- of course. Zachary Levi. Zachary uh, Levi. Zachary uh, Levi. That's who it was. What's the DJ from Deadpool that dropped out? Uh, oh, DJ uh, Junkie, Junkie XL. XL. Junkie XL. Fucking right here, Junkie. I mean, made fresh daily. Mm-hmm. Try the combo. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckle sandwich, right? Uh, right right for your face, right oh. for your teeth. All right. Well, for. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. But until next time, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Fuck you, Lars. <laughs>